0: Welcome to the Partners for Better Communities podcast with the Virginia Department of Housing and Community Development. The work from home revolution is just getting started and causing people to reevaluate where they call home. This year long Creating Community Vitality series encourages you to think broadly, inclusively, and creatively about how your community can welcome an increasingly mobile workforce and inspire them to call your community home. We hope these conversations encourage you to set your communities up for success. I'm Rebecca Rowe, Associate Director with Virginia Department of Housing and Community Development. And today we are speaking with Lindsay Wallace about public spaces and placemaking. Lindsay Wallace has over 12 years of experience in historic preservation, community engagement, and project management. As Director of Strategic Projects and Design Services for the National Main Street Center, she leads a variety of projects and partnerships. Wallace also teaches the Advanced Principles of Quality Design course through the Main Street America Institute. And as part of the National Main Street Center field team, she also focuses on design-related and placemaking initiatives and content. Lindsay, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's exciting and good to see you, Rebecca. Good to see you too. So tell us what inspired you to get into Main Street work?
1: Yeah. Um, well, so I started off as like a huge history nerd as a kid, right? Really into history, uh, pretty nerdy, academic, the whole thing. Um, and when I was getting older, I started to explore different careers. I could uh, get into where I could practice history, but more importantly, connect history with community, connect history with um, you know how we live today, right? So I actually uh, after grad school, I went to grad school for preservation planning, and I started off at the National Trust, and I moved to Chicago, and this position opened at National Main Street Center, which, you know, I had heard great things about, and it, um, I think this was 2014, so it was shortly after Patrice Fry came on as CEO, and I'd always admired her work, so I was like, this is interesting, and it was actually a position um, focused on energy efficiency and small business, so because I had already had this experience in preservation, I had that that kind of built environment angle, but sustainability and resilience are very important to me too. And I just thought, well, this is a huge opportunity to, to connect. Um, but what became I think, you know, even more exciting as I took the position is just how far reaching Main Street, the Main Street approach is, the connection between the built environment and sustainable economic development that's accessible and equitable. So there's been a lot of learning for me on the job, but I don't know of any other field or arena that quite connects things in the way that Main Street does. So I feel really lucky that in some ways I sort of, I don't want to say I tumbled into it because I have worked hard in my past, but um, that I, I stumbled into good luck in that there's a lot of areas you can dig into with Main Street that I hadn't really thought about before uh, jumping in. But it's it's been fantastic. What a growing experience.
0: Absolutely. One of my favorite things about Main Street is the the diversity of background that people bring to this work and and everyone's why is is different and i don't know anyone that had a a straight path it's all kind of circuitous but we all end up where we're supposed to be so i know this month we're, we're talking specifically about public places and public spaces and um I, I will mention, especially to you know, head off at the pass if we hear the train outside, I am right now in what I consider to be one of the great cities in Virginia for um, amazing public spaces. I am in
1: Lynchburg. Have you had a chance to be in Lynchburg? I haven't, but I'll tell you, I've read about the place where you are right now. I've read about Lynchburg a lot and hope to get there sometime soon.
0: The bluff walk and the stairs up the mountain. And, you know, the reason very specifically that that I'm here is because... Um, the downtown Lynchburg Association actually received an AARP grant recently mm-hmm. to do some placemaking and they are doing an art alley and I wanted oh. to come come see it with my own eyes so that's why I came to one of my favorite favorite spaces in Virginia uh, tell me about what what is a a city or a neighborhood or a place that you feel like their their public space game is is just really on point
1: yeah well there are a lot so (laughs) i'll keep my remarks as short as I can, but I love that you brought up AARP and I remember that Lynchburg won that grant. They do such amazing work in this space. And so I think whatever Lynchburg does is gonna really um, you know, add to the game very well. Um a couple of places that I did want to just mention, um, just because I think these represent the multitude of ways you can integrate a public space project into not only the main street approach but community building and um, supporting equity and accessibility so just a couple quick ones um i don't know if you've been to laramie wyoming but it's a really really special community it's close to the border of colorado um and it's it's a university town but it's one of the most under-resourced communities in Wyoming but it's also one of the most vibrant and like just fascinating places but they have they have a few different kinds of placemaking projects they've taken up over the years but one that sort of tied a lot of things together is this Laramie mural project which if y'all are looking for it it's I think laramiemuralproject.org and it's um a partnership between the local main street organization and other um other partners at the city and other organizations in the community. It's a town and gown opportunity too. They work with the University of Wyoming. But anyway, it's a it's a community-wide mural project where these organizations hired artists, so they paid artists with, you know, and this is sort of an art center in Wyoming, to create murals that represent the, the sort of region, the community, Um, And they not only, you know, created jobs for these artists, but they've also used it as programming opportunities where they've hired artists to create like paint by number murals so they've had these opportunities for Community engagement. Um, So it's it goes beyond just like a mural project where these these are far reaching, they're all over the community. They're really great opportunities for promotion and storytelling, but also this community engagement organization, there's maintenance requirements and those kinds of things where they can engage volunteers, um, but also just create fun activities to get people together. Um, and you know, a couple other things there that I, I think in terms of accomplishing multiple goals you know they've used these murals as wayfinding as kind of you know a in more informal wayfinding system so there's a gateway and and that kind of thing but they've built off the engagement they've gotten from this mural project by building out vertical gardens which are now like all over Wyoming which is super cool um, and they have like designed bike racks and these kinds of things and these were all sort of incremental you know like we talk about where public space uh, projects and placemaking and activations those can all be be iterative and incremental, and I think Laramie is a good example of that.
0: I am going to admit something really embarrassing. When I first started as the um, state coordinator for Virginia Main Street, um, I would really roll my eyes every time we got... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Great uh-huh. applications for mural I know what you're projects. Going. Yeah, I know where you're going. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, really, at the time, I just, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't see like, where is the ROI on this? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, is this, is this really the best they have? Is this really the right move for this community right now? But, you know, what you were talking about there with Laramie just really, man, I feel like that is kind of the perfect summation of what a mural project especially one that is based on community engagement and telling the community story can can really bring to a place. Um yeah, that's fantastic and the the bike racks too. So yeah, tell me some of the others that are coming to mind.
1: Yeah, I will. I just I wanted to to um kind of piggyback on that. Rebecca, I had the like in the past have had the same Um, take on murals where I've been a little bit like, what's the impact here? Um, And so I am with you there. And I I like that as placemaking becomes a more sort of comfortable concept or an accepted concept in main street communities across the country that we're seeing that addition to like oh yeah i I want a mural but it's also going to do x y and z and i'm going to work with the business owner who's building the mural is on to talk about foot traffic to talk about engagement in that space um so it's funny that you said that because i used to have the same reaction and it's like i know i'm missing something
0: you know also what more visible way for a, a main street program to to show the power of the collective and yeah. and coming together it's yeah, yeah. it's i am a true believer now i've drank <laughs> me too.
1: Yeah. yeah me too and I, I love the concept like you mentioned with lynchburg with an art alley where you're seeing these kind of like very physical uh space activations with with art with color but that they're they're like signage basically and wayfinding directing people to different parts i think that you know using using design in that way to make things easier for people but also more more beautiful and engaging you know that's key you know
0: yeah and in richmond uh just a little sneak peek of uh what people can experience in richmond 2022 um there has been a program over the last few years called mending walls and um, this is a, a collective of muralists in central Virginia. And the murals that they create are very specific to, to bringing people together and telling the stories that have gone untold for years. And they're kind of the exact opposite of what's been happening in places in Richmond like Monument Avenue. Um, the the mending walls project is is really you know born from this community effort and is meant to be something that brings people together so you know just just another way that murals can yeah. add to your community add to the conversations and and that sense of place mm-hmm. now going off in a kind of very different direction from you know the, the sublime of the social <laughs> activism behind mending walls. At the same time, a lot of murals, <laughs> thinking about promotions in Main Street, become these great Instagram moments yeah, in communities, right. and we can use them that way as well. Do you know of anyone who's uh, got a good mural program or other kinds of public
1: arts, public spaces that are just that super Instagrammable moment? Yeah, well, I mean, the one in Laramie for sure, and I know what I like about what they do with that work is they work with the building owners and business owners to sort of track, like, this is going to be an Instagrammy spot, let's see how we can activate and get people actually in your door to to, to buy some things. Um, another place, actually, which... Uh, I was going to talk about a little bit later, but I can bring it up my hometown of Dayton, Ohio, which I'm sorry to say is not a main street community, but hopefully will be sometime soon. It's a city of about 150,000 in Southwest Ohio and they, it's an amazing place. I love it. It's one of those places that like, I feel really grateful to have spent so much time in my formative years there, Um, but they do, they do this kind of those kind of murals all across the city, and it, and mostly in it's a very neighborhood-based city, but the most most of the neighborhoods have commercial districts too, which is kind of sort of classic big city, mid-sized city. So in those places, they've had um, you know these Instagrammable kind of murals around, but they're very. Um, they're not too precious. You know, they're very much of a, uh, they're not like all uniform in design. They're not over the top uh, sort of manufactured type things, which mm-hmm. that might just be me personally don't love that, you know, that kind of like the the homegrown thing and classic Dayton, they, you know, true to form definitely do that. And that's very cool. Definitely go to Dayton if you haven't been guys, it's pretty great. <laughs> Another Project I wanted to bring up with you because I, I think you'll find this interesting is um, a project in Erie, Pennsylvania, actually, that's in its nascent stages, but we this past, National Main Street Center this past year uh, was able to offer like smallish grants and then this main street resiliency grant program that's actually sponsored by joe and marge grills who are from virginia they're fantastic great donors um and they created this grant program and we awarded one of the the 10 grants from this past round to the erie town down partnership in erie pennsylvania and they're doing this project that they're calling the um Designing for Distancing and Dignity, so it is a project that came out of um, COVID-19 recovery and response and management, but it focuses on public health and and like you know placemaking of course but what their idea is is creating these semi-permanent basically warming spaces hand washing stations bathrooms um, particularly available to um, people experiencing homelessness in or near the erie downtown and folks that are just experiencing poverty i mean we know through COVID we've all been kind of hit hard, but in some places they're hit even harder and Erie as a city and the Erie Downtown Partnership was really seeing this, this need for additional resources in the community for unhoused neighbors. And so what they want to do, though, is turn these centers into not only these places of public health, but um, have like food available sometimes and different programming and social workers, but also creating these really beautiful spaces, like working with local artists to repurpose, um, like shipping containers or other things like that to create these actually beautiful spaces that will also serve uh, as public health kind of stations. I think it's super fascinating. They haven't, um, they're like, Like I said, they're in their nascent stages there, but, you know, they're working with the city and kind of figuring everything out. Because as you can imagine, a project like that can be extremely complicated based on, NIMBYism based on regulation, based on just using a public space, like anybody would, you know, have to experience with a public space project. But I found that work to be extremely fascinating and important. Um, and the other thing that I loved about it, and this is true of I think the best place making projects, is that it's designed to be year-round. When they originally conceived of the idea, it was like, well, a lot of folks who are currently on house, you know, need to need a place to be warm in the winter, right? But they also need a place to be cool in the summer, and they need, you know, we all need all kinds of things over the course of a year. And so the idea of creating this to be a year-round station um, for folks, I think, was a a really crucial piece, and I I liked that a lot. Even if the spaces themselves are semi-permanent or the activations move around the city, at least the concept is available, you know, more than just a couple months out of the year.
0: That is fascinating and i cannot wait to hear how that comes together for them and what some yeah. of the results and impacts are i i think you know the idea of placemaking as public health feels like that's a fairly new part of the conversation yeah. and especially in terms of the homeless i think what what we're all used to hearing and seeing is well we want to have benches but we took them away because the homeless were sleeping there yeah. or how do we make this place um Welcoming to everyone but welcome mm. to the people mm. that we want to see here versus the people who who need to use it
1: just yeah.
0: who need to use it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, really interesting. And we are um we love the grills and uh Harrisonburg, Virginia got one of those grants as they well.
1: Did. They did. Not yeah. places, but,
0: but wonderful also, project anyway. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's also a great, a great,
1: great program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like what you said about placemaking and public health. I think that I think it's it's both um it's both new and there's so much that folks are doing without even realizing that they're connecting those things, right? Like I feel like anytime you do any kind of multimodal transportation intervention or um, promote walkability or create sort of safely distanced places to walk, like all of that can be public health. And I think the more people sort of give themselves more credit about the boxes they're checking off or um, the goals they're trying to reach, there's more to measure there and more, more to the story basically.
0: I can't speak for other states around the country, but you probably have a lot more. Well, you certainly have a lot more data than I do. I I know in Virginia, it's not uncommon, for better or for worse, to have really beautiful pocket parks mm. in downtown districts that you never see people sitting in. Mm. So putting on that Main Street hat and thinking about programming it, how do we approach activating them?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Rebecca, and I think at least from the places I've been to, I I get that question a lot. I think that it's a perennial issue. And I, so I have ideas for activation, but clearly it's an ongoing problem. So I don't want to say this is a, you know, be all end all, but I think a lot of times it starts with perception where pocket parks do just by nature of like their size and the way they are kind of automatically look a little more manicured, not maybe on purpose, but because you're filling in a gap, you know, in the tooth of the, or the teeth of the main street or you're, you know, activating a parking lot. Um, so in some ways it's a perception We're like, no, no, this isn't, this is not an art installation. It's beautiful, but it's for people. So even when you put seating in it, I think, I mean, that's a, right. Most people do that, but it still kind of looks sculptural almost. Um, So, some ideas for activation. I mean, I've seen there's an alley in Goldsboro, North Carolina, that is right next to their uh, county arts organization arts agency where they they've done different things so it's not static where it'll be like a a public art walk or they'll have like a um an event with diy like music so they'll have different sort of things you can use xylophones maracas rain sticks that sort of thing that they leave there too that folks can like go and play with and kind of um you know, go on their own time and interact, whether it's, you know, sort of an art station or, or whatever. So, I mean, the programming is key, of course, and I think that that comes under, like, the complication there becomes, like, I'm the main street director. So I do X, Y, and Z. Do I also have to do programming for this pocket park? It's kind of figuring out the place governance angle. Whose role is that? Whose responsibility is that? Does that shift month to month? Um, so, but it's like a great opportunity for
0: creating some partnerships. There you go.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, um, kind of think about it long term where it's like you create this space, but it's people aren't going to use it unless you program it. And even if it's once a month, it has to be consistent, and I think that that's hard when you're, you know, when you're a director and you have 8 million jobs and you're, you know, probably sleeping four hours a night, hopefully more than that, but um it can be hard to think about that as like oh gosh now i have to figure out monthly programming for this space but that that part is key and i think also sort of telling the story that this isn't a sculpture this is this is for you this is meant to be interactive um yeah so i it's there's some ideas i know it's a hard nut to crack because i think it's it's an experience shared nationwide unfortunately but maybe as we start to see more activation we can keep sharing the stories and hopefully um, giving each other tips and that sort of thing. And that's what we love about Main Street, right? The ripoff yeah. and, and duplicate. Yeah. Right, right. Um, Classic.
0: Yeah. So if we are a community that is just starting to think about placemaking like this, to think about the mm-hmm. public spaces in particular, because so often in communities, um, you know, you as the Main Street organization, you as the locality and especially in Virginia where there are not a ton of tools to um, say uh, govern what's happening with the built environment, it is those public spaces that you have control over and that you have the opportunity to practice Mm -hmm. what you preach. Where do you start? Mm -hmm. How do you you get the locality to see this as, as a worthwhile
1: thing to spend time and money on? yeah that's it's such a great question i think i mean there are a couple ways to go about it i think you can either start by oh many people have already done this of course by building relationships with folks of the city who do govern the spaces so the departments of transportation departments of public works parks and rec like those folks just literally calling them and being like hey can i have a 30 minute meeting with you i'm so and so um Even better, if you have time, is to do even like a a quick mapping of like open spaces or public spaces that aren't activated. And that can be, I mean, I know you'll laugh because some folks are like, I'm not, you know, I'm not an artist, but a hand drawn map sometimes can work or just like an overlay on a Google map with like red circles of like, oh, this is an underused parking lot. Could we think about X, Y, and Z? So I think having that visual to take, to talk to people about is important. And again, it's like, think about it as iteration. It doesn't have to be a beautifully, perfectly um, architect rendered image. It could be as, as simple as I was brainstorming about places that we have that are underused that we can engage the community around what do you think of this of course so that's kind of the starter right but as you're thinking about that and I mean the community engagement understanding top needs understanding um, top interests from your community is crucial so it's it's either doing that in tandem with some kind of you know needs assessment or having something to offer up as the first Point of conversation at a community engagement event to say, "Hey, we have all these spaces. What would you like to see here?" You know. So I, I say that community engagement piece. It's like there are many ways to do that. Um, it's just a crucial piece where, of course, you should have conversations with those who govern, but most importantly, better understand where the needs are and what the wants are, so that you can start there with the iteration.
0: We've, we've talked about murals. We've talked about the public health placemaking, which is amazing. What is the most unusual hmm. piece of placemaking you've seen? And I mean, that can be something very small. It can be something...
1: Mm-hmm. Ooh, you stumped me a little bit. That's good. Um, unusual. I mean, I think... I'll say, so this this is not meant to be a cop out answer, but it's a little bit more of a blanket answer that I give you, but I'll say like one silver lining of the COVID-19 response and management has been the, like, the shift toward trying new things, right? And the shift toward, oh, well, I guess we can try this parklet or we can try this X, Y, and Z outdoor dining installation because we need this space. Um, and so I think like one some of the most interesting stuff from that has happened with folks focusing on like outdoor space during winter so whether Mm. it's you know using snow like snow sculpture kind of stuff or um you know using those kind of I think there are four pillars that the city of Edmonton talks about anybody's interested in winter placemaking the city of Edmonton in Canada has done like amazing work so I'm not this isn't my idea I'm cribbing it from them but they talk about you know needing to capture the sun needing to block the wind to add color um and uh to activate with programming and so seeing the different variations of that like how simple it could be from you know even just putting up sort of painted bike racks or um you know, I mean, that's not super unusual, but I love the way that, that people think and apply these things, both in a small scale and large scale. Um, you know, like kind of there, there've been a few instances of like winter sports exchanges where you can go to the library and get, and get like, you know, um, hockey sticks or, or whatever, right. To play on like a, a, Uh, managed space on the outside that the city manages, but somebody else programs. Yeah. That is some pretty serious activation, right? Yeah. 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 And you'd think, you know, I mean, I guess one advantage of the sort of winter placemaking and the sort of unusual elements of that is that like some of that, you don't have to buy. It came from the sky. It's frozen on your ground. Now you can build something out of it. Um, So, but I, I think even for those who don't have that much snow or much precipitation, I think there's a lot of creativity and innovation among the main street network that it's like you give them one thing they can build out something super interesting and place focused and people focused that um that can kind of help them start off with those activations
0: yeah so you know the the comment there around the um checking out the hockey sticks and then being able to use those outside so now that gets me thinking actually about um transformation strategies yeah. and how that can really uh, show up in your, in placemaking and how you can have the nice bridge between the two totally. in Danville, Virginia. Um, one of their transformation strategies is outdoor recreation. Yeah. And in one of their, so they have a, a bike and walking path along the Dan river, but at one of the parks next to that, Um, they have these great stations with, um, tools for repairing your bike. Oh, love it. Yeah. You know, they're not just sitting there though. You know, they are, they're attached to things and it's a, it's a nice display and, and it looks, um, welcoming It it's that that. perfect kind of way station for Mm -hmm. folks who are biking. One of my favorite things, and I think all Main Streeters do this when you are on vacation, when you are anywhere, <laughs> we're never not working, right? Mm-hmm, I, I Immediately, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it's pictures of, wow, look at the way they did this wayfinding, look at the way they uh-huh. did this storefront. Um, so, yeah, whenever I'm on vacation, I'm taking those pictures. What can we bring back to our communities? And I'll say one of the most fun things I found was in. Lancaster, Pennsylvania, mm. which I went to because of its proximity to uh, Turkey Hill Creamery uh-huh. and all you can eat ice cream samples. Yep. Just anyone who knows me knows I will travel for that. Mm-hmm. But Lancaster, Pennsylvania, very wide sidewalks in this very mm. historic town and on the sidewalks, and I, I'm not sure if it was chalk or painting They had these activities that I think were Mm -hmm. meant for kids, but I made all of my people do them too. (laughs) Yeah. You know, they said like, if you're standing here, spin around three times, and then you hop to this one where you do three jumping jacks, and then you hop on one foot over to this station. And it was just so simple, but Mm -hmm. so effective.
1: The number of
0: families we stopped, stop to use that.
1: Love that. Yeah, it's kind of like um, that concept, that 880 city concept, right? And the concept that like AARP Level Communities puts out that, you know, the more you think intergenerationally, the more you think about like play and activation, the more kind of like, like you said, you remember this, right? I mean, it's not like... You wouldn't without that, but there's something about that like special sort of interaction and memory that you can take from it. And it can be a pretty simple thing for space managers, place managers to, to try out and see what resonates with folks. So Virginia Main
0: Street has a blog at virginiamainstreet.com. Yeah. And when I, when I kind of have a a good number of these pictures of things I've seen around the state or country to share. I, I try to share my what I did on summer vacation pictures and I challenge people to, you know, send me what you've seen when you're on vacation. So Lindsay, I'm going to ask you if you have any pictures of fun things you've seen on vacation, send those to us. And I will. You know, we're doing a podcast that so we're talking about something that's actually very visual. And we always follow the podcast up as well with you know some additional resources so i'm i'm challenging lindsay and i'm challenging anyone listening to the podcast today um send us some of your pictures and we will post those I love it.
1: I love that. I'll definitely do that, but I love that concept. It's like I have all these pictures on my phone that I'll show my husband from a work trip or like tell him, oh, I'm taking this for my, you know, for my records when we're on vacation, but I never really do anything with them. (laughs) So this is a perfect opportunity. Love it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Tell your friends too. Everyone at National
0: Main Street wanna have all of
1: their their fun pictures on the blog. Yeah. Sounds good. I
0: will. So In a minute or less, and this is a multi-part question, so I don't know that anyone has ever done this in a minute or less. Okay.
1: Um, Challenge accepted.
0: (laughs) So what is a place that you are attached to? Why are you attached to that place? And how do
1: you show that place love? Mm -hmm. Well, um, I already sort of mentioned this place, but I'll go for it again. I I'm most, I think, attached when I think about the place I'm most, most attached to. I think about my current neighborhood, but also my hometown. So Dayton, Ohio, right? Um, and I'm attached to it because of the the formative years and what a special place it is. It's full of history. mean, the Wright brothers did all of their work there. Um, it's It's an incredibly beautiful city, but it's also like very much a... Um, earnest kind of salt, salt of the earth city where you're not you're not expecting Disneyland there. Um, but what I'll say that since I've been you know in Main Street. And it opens, it's opened my eyes to so many things, right? That what they're doing in Dayton to capitalize on place-based assets, nature-based assets is like, it's really inspirational. So every time I go there, I kind of take note. I mean, I always go to the small businesses and they have a lot of breweries and distilleries right now because they're actually, the city's located on a natural water aquifer. So they've used that for business recruitment, which is interesting. Like local, local basically entrepreneurs that we talk about all the time. Virginia does amazing work with entrepreneurs entrepreneurship um anyway i'm rambling a little bit but they the work they've done with that sort of um place-based amenities to do business recruitment is really cool and they've also done amazing work in um like trails in the local economy like it's a beautiful part of the country and they've had a trail and park system for a long time but most recently and this is something that you know i've taken pictures of and saved how they've done signage and sort of connective trails to different commercial districts is it's really special and how do I show them love well I talk about Dayton all the time (laughs) um any chance I get but also you know when I'm in Dayton really trying to like get out and experience the city and just admire and and get excited about all the the new things and and old things that the city celebrates and and elevates that's awesome there
0: there really is nothing like A hometown.
1: That's right. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Lindsay, how can the audience learn more about the work you've done and continue to follow your work?
1: Yeah. Easiest is uh, mainstreet.org. I'm, you know, my bio and everything's on there, but. Our blogs that get pushed out with Main Street News, sometimes I'm involved in that. Any resource that we publish will come out there. So I am not super active on different uh, personal social media. So i just direct you to the work stuff because it'll all come out there. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. If anybody wants to link up, I'm there too. Yeah, and excited to see you all in Richmond. I uh, actually have not been to Richmond, but I've heard really amazing things, and I'm like super excited to check it out to be there with you guys. Come early, stay late, we'll get you around town. Take Sounds things. good. Yeah, perfect. Perfect.
0: Tune in next month when we dive into cultural promotions and events with a webinar with Nicole Martirana and our podcast with Kristen Moore.